Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Storied Arcs Podcast. I am your co-host, Mike. And I'm your co-host, Alex. And today we are wrapping the book Plume by Kaylin Smith by covering volumes three and four at issues 10 to 17. Yes, 10 to 17. Yeah, and, and I guess if, if you have, again, the as you mentioned, the, the printed omnibus, there are a couple of bonus couple of bonus the, uh, issues there, bonus stories there. As it turns um, out, three, which, by the way, I'll just rip those off real quick. Sure, yeah. It's a Coric one-shot, which journeys, uh, it, tra- it tracks his journeys through the centuries. Um, and the the comp that I came up with, just to keep building on people's pop culture requisites for this podcast, uh, the opening credits for X-Men Origins Wolverine, where it shows he and his brother going through the Civil War and then oh, World okay, one and then right. World War yeah. Two and then Vietnam, uh, which was the best part of that movie, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that because it's just like, here's one page of him just with snippets this master, of, but basically uh, how they all end with them not listening to him and an yeah. ending in heart and grief and heartbreak right. for him. Um, very cool issue. Um, I wish it was longer, but that was, you know, the only thing. Uh, Tegan, one shot, you get an origin story and Here's an even more obscure comp for this. It reminds me of the AC Crispin Han Solo books. Uh, I don't know if you ever read that trilogy in the 90s. No, no, uh, I, did I did. Of I, Okay, I read them in the 90s, so I was a kid. Absolutely adored those books. It follows Han Solo and eventually Chewie uh, at, from Han's teenage years. And the final scene, you know you're tracking with it that like he desperately needs to get off Tatooine because people are hunting him there. He has to avoid the Empire. He has to avoid the huts. He desperately needs money and an old man and a kid and a droid walk into a bar. Yeah. End book of the that's the end of the third trilogy. And it's like, oh shoot. I should have known that was the scene that was coming, but it totally blinds out of me and it was just really well done. Uh-huh. This one ends, it tells Tegan's whole life story and ends with Vesper walking into. Okay. Saloon right, saying right. it. so. It's like very cool cop there. It's a not the, the, the now legends legends canon Han Solo story, but yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the third one was a book called Plume. You drive me crazy, which was just uh, them as like spirit ghost protectors uh, at the time of the first automobile being invented, and they take it for a test drive for fun and crash it into a tree. Okay. All and right. So, that, so that, that, that's totally for fun. All right. But, but that, that, that's, that's post the end of the story. Then there, uh, I guess not the end of the story, the end of the end of Coric and, and, uh, 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 Vesper's part of the story. It's Coric right? and Vesper as ghosts. Yeah. 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 yeah as it's, okay. um, All right. And it might have been an old man hunter, but I don't think so. I think it was just one of Hunter's descendants. Descendants. Okay. All right. But not yeah. the kid at the end of the book. Now yeah, we spoiled kid, the whole book anyway. Well, we have. So well, yeah, we, we, well, yeah, we, we, we've gotten there. So, all right. Um, I got to say, for the genre of book that we're reading, I was a little shocked, or I, 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 I think pleasantly surprised, but shocked. I, I, I agree too. I think we know we talked last week about the, 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 the magical, the the all powerful magical character that's bound by some curse or or spell or whatever, and the things we talked about, the idea of like the genie. In Aladdin, and 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 you you mentioned Dobby, uh, uh, from Harry Potter. The idea that these incredibly powerful beings are limited and bound by their existence, and part of the story 
part of our protagonist journey is setting that being free, you know, that, you know, forming a relationship with this character that they're not, you're not quote unquote supposed to have, right? Because right. these are supposed to be servants. They do your will, whether they're granting your wishes or, or, or simply being a slave, like a house elf. Um, part of the journey, part of the story is coming to, to setting that character free, getting them, getting, getting them away from that burden. Um, and, and it, it, it see it totally seems like plume well it totally seems like plume is building towards that because it literally builds to that you right. know we we get to the point where where we we think this is what it's what vesper wants because she wants to she wants to have Korik around and it it, it there's a sense that Korik, um it, it, he, he's a little torn i guess you know like he does want this but also he has this need to protect vesper you know not and and it's he's moved beyond the idea of my job is to protect the person who possesses the amulet. You know, now it's right. now it's hyper specific. I need to protect Vesper, which is why he says I have to go back. I have to I have to go back, otherwise we can't defeat my brother, yada yada yada. But it's building towards that whole that end, and we get there, and that isn't the end of the story. Because the end of the story is the two of them basically willingly together entering back into the 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 role of the protector for someone else down the line you know right so they are they are together in in perpetuity but uh they are in it in the the bow the bonds the the shackles the limitations whatever it is of of this curse of this spell and that isn't something you ever really see it's not yes. something you see often um especially since they but i i do like how what Kaylin did here is that the you got the ending you were you got the outcome that you are conditioned to expect from a story like this and then it just the story keeps going and you find out oh, that 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 isn't actually end so it, it isn't like that that desire uh but it, and it doesn't it, feel it's, like it's, a it's not, tag on or a pivot either it, 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 because it's not it's not it's, it's i think not, it's she not was like twist. oh here's the thing you think one. you wanted right yes you which kind of reminds one. me of killer be yeah. killed the sure, way, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the fake vigilante ending, the fake end, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, you, you build to the ending that the reader is is anticipating, and then there's still time to legitimately build to the twist. So, in so much that it's not really a twist, it isn't like a thing that comes out of nowhere. You, you're still building to that because we see Korik all throughout when he's back to being human, like he's looking around for something. Like, no, nah, I, I got to get back. You know, which is why he's he eyes the ring there. You you we focus on that and he sees that. He's already thinking, like, in order to do this, I have to be all powerful again. So right. I have to I, I I appreciate being free of this, but in order to stop my brother, we have I have to do this again. I have to be the protector. So even though we got that ending, he we're already building towards he's going to go back into the ring. And and once we started building toward that, I don't know if this is how you read it. Once we started building towards the, I need to have power again, I thought it was going to be where he would remain human, but Vesper would go into the ring. Oh, yeah, no. I, and, I, instead of them both. I th th That's, once we got past the, that initial, that initial, uh, uh, not conclusion, but uh, outcome of now Quark's human, and once he started talking about having to go back in and, and do the spell over again. I was anticipating the reversal there where he would continue living as a human, but Vesper would be in the ring and she'd become the. Um, uh, mine was a little more cold blooded. I was like, someone's going to die. Why don't they make Dom do it? 
and then oh. he's bound <laughs> and then he's bound to serve them. Well, because rather cause, than betray them, because he'd find a way to screw it up and 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 mess around. Because yeah, we see yeah, that that freaking guy. Uh, okay, uh, like, well, 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 so but we see we see early on there when, when we see what Dom <laughs> is doing with Korik, he's cheating at cards, you know? Oh, yeah. You know? And, like petty. It, petty yeah, yeah, theft yeah, yeah. And and and, and it's not like and and Korik is doing his best to curtail this. But when we when we when we jump in and see that it, it, it does feel like this isn't the first time he's done this because he's because Korok's like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not going to keep doing this. So right. and and yet he still finds a way to to disrupt what 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 Dom was trying to do. So if you would put Dom in that role, that he'd find said, a way to subvert. Yeah. That being said, I think Korok would have been happy to help Vesper do that. Like cheating cards compared to uh, what she was doing. Well, probably. Um, probably. That is true. So that is but, true. But it was it's all about who they are. So yeah. we have Vesper State, mm-hmm. you know, to dovetail off last episode. At the beginning of this book, this yeah. isn't about vengeance, it's a rescue yeah. mission. Yeah. Uh she is declaring a genre shift. Yeah. Which is and, which exactly what we talked about at the end uh, of last week of that she was on she was on kind of a she was at a fork in the road here, on, on the precipice of of deciding how she's going to move forward. Right. We, so we, the reader still has a with choice. Her, with her quest. Yes. Whether we believe her. Like, is she oh, telling herself yeah. this is yeah. a rescue mission when it's still really about vengeance? Yeah. Or have her motives shift? And I, I'm i more optimistic about that. I think her motives have shift. I think it is about a rescue mission. I think she has seen the folly of vengeance and, yeah. uh, you know, realized that Dom's an idiot, not a good guy, don't like him. He does... And vengeance is his reason. Yeah. Getting out of bed in the morning, doing what he does. And basically, I don't want to be like Dom, but she never spelled that out for us, which no, I feel no, like no. is a little too handholdy. If you if you have to spell out that kind of trope, whereas you can just say like, yeah, our character arrived at that conclusion because that's obviously where the story was taking them. Yeah, no, I, I agree because you, you, you have to trust that you've done the work in the previous volume to show why this would matter, you know, and and. And and you leave the reader to understand that what did excuse me you, you leave the reader to understand to get inside Vesper's head and have her and have us realize that uh, Vesper has come to the conclusion of well I was on this trail of vengeance and what did vengeance get me well it got me nothing except I lost Cork you know like that right it, so far so far her 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 journey of vengeance has gotten her that has gotten her to lose uh, uh, the effectively the one thing she cares about you know so we understand because we've seen that relationship for that first that first volume of where she is and why she would now say yeah it's now it's now a rescue mission now it's about saving now it's about saving Korik from dom and and that doesn't feel like an abrupt shift it's not a hard turn uh all of those all those breadcrumbs are there when you see when you focus just on Vesper and Cork, it makes sense how the, how she would come to that and have a level of understanding as to why vengeance is not uh, not a fruitful option, not a fruitful path. Well, as, as Hunter himself says, revenge is for the selfish, justice is for the brave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah. is right at the end of volume three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that is after, we should mention, Tegan dies. Yes, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Uh, I When Tegan died and Cork it looked like Cork died. It turns out he just lost his powers. Mm. I was like, 
Oh, I was trying to figure out like what kind of Western this is. This might be like Hateful Eight type Western where just everybody dies. Everybody dies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, basically any Tarantino movie, everybody dies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but uh, no, uh, Tegan dies. I think Tegan served her purpose. She became a better version of herself, especially mm-hmm. if you read the backstory in the single issue, uh, one shot. And there was really nothing more she had to offer the team. Like she had no powers against superpowers. They're already partnering yeah. with Dom, so they don't need to track Dom anymore. It's like, what more can she bring other than a few wisecracks? Yeah, yeah. There, there is, there is a level of, um, you know, someone needs to die to, to, to raise the stakes of the story, kind of thing, which is not a not a great trope. Always, also not great when it's a. It's a it's a it's a female character, but there is part of that there. I think also that that there is a cost to all of this, and I think that's you know in, in a book that is can be fairly lighthearted at times. It can be silly and a little absurd, intentionally so. Um, I, I think there's a level of, um, hey, this has a cost to it, you know. Yeah, and that a a good person, quote unquote, like Tegan, uh, gets killed while a bad person, quote unquote, like Dom, stays alive. You know, at least for the time being here, you know, that, yeah. that, 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 that there is, and again, that, that it's a way to, you, you, you lay character tracks that way. And, and, you know, it, it, it adds some resolve to, 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 to what Vesper wants to do. Because in a way, now, as she's saying, you know, it, it's not that it goes back to being a mission of vengeance, you know, um, because as she said, it, it's a rescue mission. Well, at the end of that mission, they have Korok back. Now he he's depowered, but you have now you have saved Korok. So you have you fulfilled your rescue mission, right? But right. what's the reason to keep going on? And I think that that's that's where Tegan's death comes in. And I think that's what you what you talked about for that was what the Hunter quote comes in, right? The idea of right. of, of 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 seeking justice. And and again, that's another pivot for for Vesper on her journey that she will now go after this evil, you know, this is going after Korok's brother here. Um, not because she's angry, not, not to get revenge or anything like that, because that's what needs to be done because that's the right thing to do because the, having that evil out in the world is not good for anybody. And they're the ones that, that can stop it. So it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a third motivation for her to go out into the world and to keep moving forward and, and, to. To, to keep trying on this on this quest. Speaking of motivation, yep. what is Agatha Murdoch's motivation for bringing Vesper back? That that's her aunt. I. It seems like she doesn't like Vesper. Vesper doesn't like her. Yeah. Uh, it's. I was unclear. Like, does she feel bound to protect her as a family member, or does she have her own purposes for wanting her back? And ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. I, I, it just I seems think... like one of those things where when she left, her aunt probably would have been like, okay, great. You know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this. Yeah. yeah but I, here I she think... is hunting with bounty hunters. I I mean, the aunt character is very one-sided. There, there's not much to her. I think the way I read it was simply like her father's dead. That got back to her aunt. And it's like, well, now this is the only family she has left, you know? Right. So just just bring you know so that there is a level of yes she does care for her there, there's a familiar bond there how she shows it may not be I mean not that it's a 
she raced her poorly. She she raced her under the 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 guidelines and 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 kind of thoughts of of what the time is that Victoria area is right of how of how women should act and that's that's so so she's she's trying to raise her the way that she was raised which is how society tells you a, a woman needs to be but I, I i do think there's a level of genuine care there um we don't really see that i think because the because the aunt character is is pretty undercooked yeah um, no she's uh, she's kind of our uncle owen uh yeah yeah uncle yeah. owen emperor yeah. which yeah. is like I, whatever I do, I'm just going to raise you in a way that keeps you away from the stuff your father got into. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, and which means being a Victorian lady. Yeah. We, um, we, uh, we, which in the beginning is you're simply you're simply the 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 motivation for the character to leave. You know. Right. And which, that, that's and that all. Was you're a Star Wars reference, by the way, for anyone yes. who missed it. <laughs> if anyone missed that, but if, listens if, to our podcast, if you've I don't know. This far, yeah, I don't then, know who yeah. the crosshairs were there. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, Venn diagram be strange there. But yeah, so so it is strange. It is. I I will grant you that it's a little strange that she's out there, um, you know, contracting Hunter to go find her. But it, you know, I but you I needed think, Hunter in the game. Yes, you you and needed you needed the extra law, character there wouldn't really be hunting Vesper. And that's kind of an interesting component of this book. There's almost always badges and sheriffs and the law mm -hmm. in Westerns. Well, and there's none of that. Well, but we, we do see wanted posters, you know? Right. You know, but so, there's so no he, sheriff or deputy. There is not. Yeah. 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 And so the law would not be wanting to bring Vesper back to her end. They'd be want to take her in, you know, for, yeah, because she has killed crimes. people. Right. Yeah. 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 Various crimes or whatnot. So, um, but yeah, no, you, you, we, we, it, it, I, it's almost like just a matter of we want to introduce this other character um, in a way, because it, as we find out at the end, this is the one character that lives on, you know, because we see we see Tegan die. We see Dom get to have a big hero moment, you know, a big capital H hero moment there. Uh, and, and so we're left with Vesper and Korak, who we know go into the amulet together. So there has to be someone left out there. And that's who Hunter is, you know, who, who's introduced in volume 10. So, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything we're supposed to read anything into the, the aunt character. Like I said, I think she's just she's undercooked because um, we never see her because she only exists in in her in her stately manner. Right. You know, out, outside of the world of the West that uh, that that Vesper and, and Magnus and all them travel in. So it, it's just a matter of, again, she's just kind of a plot engine of. She in the first arc, she's just there to 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 get Vesper out the door or want her to leave, go out with her father. And here in the beginning again, just there to set this other person in motion, to 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 have Hunter out there uh looking for her. And I guess also for to give Hunter some motive, not, not motivation, but but give him a reason to go out into the West, find Vesper, and then choose to not collect the bounty. You right. know, because because and which is another another famous trope of the West and bounty hunters. You know, yes. the, you know, you're going out there, the bounty hunter with a conscience, which is yeah, the, I mean, it's Django Unchained, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's the the, the bounty hunter uh, is initially presented as an antagonist, not necessarily a bad guy, but antagonist because hey, man, I don't care what your story is, I'm getting paid by this person to find you and bring you back. You know, and and it's like if you run away again. That that, that 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 that's fine by me, you know. I, I don't care. I'm I got paid to do a job, and that's it. And and so we get Hunter now to be that character of yes, I found you. My job's to bring you back. But wait, not we're, we're caught up in something bigger now. 
Wait, what's going on? Okay, this is now something I can't ignore. Now I'm a part of this. And 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 when it's all over, it's like, nope, forget the bounty. Like there are greater, bigger things in the world to worry about. And and so yeah, you 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 get that other that other famous character archetype uh in the story in Hunter. Yeah. Which is great. Um, yeah, yeah. There is a lot of mysticism around this book. Yeah. And we don't really get more. It's just what we can infer from what we've seen and what we pull into it from other things. Um, I did like chapter 15, where basically uh, everyone who touches it uh, has like I, the comp again here. It's like Scarlet Witch Visions from Age of Ultron. Uh, you know, Vesper touches it and she sees, uh, you know, her father dying and mm. falling through the ice and all this other stuff. Uh, Dom is too close to it. And uh, we see him reliving his father's death. Mm-hmm. He pulls the trigger and shoots her in the back. And there's that beautiful panel where it's like adult him and young him. Uh, you know, their faces are kind of stacked. Uh, and that's all in issue 15. Yeah. So all of that to say it's like it's just an evil book that yeah yeah reads out it's like the embodiment of evil uh which is you know a great great MacGuffin. um nothing wrong with that it's just just kind of is what it is i want to know a little more about it but i don't think there's anything more available yeah i mean there you know that that does feel like maybe that could have been you know, one of those short stories at the end, just, Hey, here's, here's the source of this. Here's where this book comes from. Um, yeah. Otherwise it's a little hand wavy of just, listen, there's a, there's a mask that you put on. And when you do that, like you get flaming wings that can go make you go real fast. You know, it's just, it's what, it's one of the things that you just accept, uh, that there are magical objects in this, in this world that, uh, you know, imbue the user with some level of, of of power for good or for ill so yeah it it just falls in line in that and and, and that I being guess, said well okay there there's one uh clause that i'll give it here in its favor the characters don't know either like yeah. we're in the same position yeah. as the characters that, that, it would drive me crazy yeah. if everyone in the world knew and i didn't or vice yeah. versa that's exactly what i was going to say is that it the book gets as much explanation as every other object they all get the equal right. amount of no explanation. It's just that they they exist and and no one knows why. Not even the curator of the museum who's who has you know all of Vesper's dad's stuff there. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's the same level of of non explanation. You just accept it, and you're right about that. That the characters accept it, and so we, the reader, have to accept it. We don't know why this happens. We just know what it does and maybe how it can help or or hurt us on our quest. So, yeah, and yeah. I don't think it it doesn't impede the storytelling or the reading yeah. experience, just the podcast discussion. Yeah, you know, just yeah, the yeah. book club yeah. breakdown of it yeah. Yeah. where yeah. everybody starts to speculate no pine. As a reader, you just have to accept that this is what it is. And if you do that, uh then yeah, it 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 just it flows right off you. It just okay, this is another object. What can it do? Okay, here's what it does. So, yeah, no, yeah. there there is no there, there there's no I'm with you though, you know, where do these objects come from? How do they get their power? You know, what's their origin? Um, I'm always thinking about those things. Uh, but I think you're right. If Even if we had gotten the origin of one of the things, like let's say the book, and we didn't get the origin or 
in even implied origin of any of the other artifacts, that probably would have driven me a little more crazy of like, well, we got one of them. Like, you know, couldn't there just be a whole, you know, again, we think about if this were a longer series kind of thing, you could, you know, the finding, the usage, the history of one of these objects would have been like a three issue arc thing, you know? Like, here's the story of the the mask that gives you the flaming wings. Here's the story of the 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 gold ball that gives you like super strength. You know, like what's the origin? Where did it come from? What part of the world? Who are the people that that made it, found it, uh, uh, discovered it, or whatever? Um, those are all things that I would love to know more of. And, and it's the kind of thing I, I think about in every kind of story that has supernatural elements or fantastical elements like this. Um, but again, what you said not critical at all to the telling of this story no and i think sometimes we make fools of ourselves because of this because uh, uh i i pulled up i had an email exchange with my my uncle about the barbie movie after we both saw it okay and he loved it uh you know said warm-hearted clever you know amazing production design uh, uh, sfx were great um robbie and gosling pretty good and then he said with after an ellipsis since I'm such a big sci-fi nerd, I struggled with the world building here. I mean, <laughs> what is Barbie Land? Why do the Mattel suits know about Barbie Land? Is there a Barbie Land for every past owner of Barbie? And I was like, oh my gosh, dude, you're really, yeah. you're, you're harsh in the mellow here of the Barbie yeah. movie. And yeah. I'm wondering if I'm doing the same thing to the plume verse. And, and, and I think that's a really fair comparison because there's, there's, um, I, I won't, I won't lie when I saw Barbara, there's a part of me that like it, after the movie was over, I, I had no problem watching the movie, right? But it was the suspended belief during it, it, the movie. Was, yeah. Same so it, with it, the it, book in this yeah, book. It, yeah. It, it was after it was, it was actually in the time uh, after I got out of Barbie uh, and was waiting to go into, to see Oppenheimer. It was, you, you start just in the idle moments of like, why does Barbie land exist? How does that exist? And how does not as how do people know about it? Mattel knows about it, but like, what are these forms of travel like like the rollers like the rollerblading to the you know the the, the jet ski the camp like like why is that just known and then you realize at that point uh you're 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 putting way too much thought into the idea of what barbie land is and its relationship right. to the quote-unquote real world uh but yeah th those if are Oppenheimer himself thoughts. were to explain it to you it, yeah, yeah, it would yeah. be like his uh his saying you know light has the properties of both particles and waves but that's impossible yes. But it is. Yeah, but it is. And, yeah. And it's and, just and, like, yeah. oh yeah, a quantum scientist could explain to you uh yeah, the mechanics there, there, of Barbie Land or of the, yeah, the, the Plume Book of Magic. I think I think what what it comes down to for both something like Plume here and in Barbie is that those are thoughts that come to you after the fact. They don't like at no point during the movie, during the reading of this book or the watching of that movie, did I bump up against those issues. And I'm not saying now there are some readers and some watchers who who maybe that's all they can think about. And that may deter their enjoyment of 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 the story. But for me, yeah, uh, I am I think people like that. It may deter their enjoyment of life. Maybe um, so. Maybe so. And maybe someone like that would be is just pre disposed to not enjoy a story like that but when i was reading plume at no point did any of that did any of that gee i wonder what i wonder if there's more to this did that hinder my enjoyment of this i think because i'm so i was locked in on the characters i'm locked in on that core group because again it's the core group of characters are really all the characters in the world you know there aren't 
many ancillary characters that we're not seeing. So it's this small group, and I'm I'm so locked in on on what we're being shown with them that these other ancillary things don't take me out of the story. They're just things I think about after the fact when I have a little moment to think just to sit down and ruminate like, oh gee, yeah, what about that, that, and that? Um, but the, the because I didn't think about that as I was experiencing the story the first time, to me, that is something I can hand with. It, if these things are coming up as I'm reading the story, if I'm having these questions, because I feel in the moment that they are critical to the storytelling, like I'm losing something of what's trying right. to be conveyed to me because I don't have this information, then I'll be more critical about not getting something like that. But in the case of Plume and with Barbie, uh, at no point did, did I think those logistical questions impeded my ability to to enjoy the story. Not saying that the stories are perfect because they're not. They they're 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 issues here. And then we talked about the aunt here, a, a character that's simply there to, you know, move plot along for other people. Um, so it's not that it's a perfect story, nothing is, but those questions I have on the back end, they, they don't take me out of the story. I'm not I'm not removed from it because I can I maybe that's my brain subconsciously telling me that this stuff isn't important because it didn't come up in the moment. You know, it didn't right. come up as it was experiencing it, which tells me, well, they didn't, um, my mind, right. I'm not, I'm not bridging those gaps as the story is going. I can bridge them to get the story as is. I'm only, I'm only finding gaps after the fact. I don't well, see and any I gaps. Think, initially. Right. And she, she didn't fudge the rules with it at all. No, you know, if no, you just yeah. start pulling random powers out of it, Sure. Uh, or, it, you know, all of a sudden it can do something different than it did in the last one. That's where you have to explain yourself. Yeah, yeah. When it's had a constant type of power the whole time, it doesn't really change. People aren't getting clever with it and using it in different ways. Then it's like, okay, we just admit this thing exists. This is what it does. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, all that say, but most of the drama in volumes three and four are centered around this book because the team at the end of volume three is Corey. And I liked that They call him Corey when he's human again. Yeah. <laughs> and Corey, I mean, it is just a little clever nod of like, Oh, he feels yeah. more like our friend now. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he gets a nickname. Uh, so it's Corey Vesper Hunter and Dom. Yeah. Uh, you told me four issues ago, that's going to be your new lineup. I would have been like, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that being we, said, you know, Dom's still kind of reluctant, still hmm. purely in. So here's the thing. Yes, he is motivated by revenge, just mm -hmm. like Vesper. But once he has his vengeance and he has Cork, he's still just a jerk. I mean, he's still yeah. just in it for money. He's trying to pawn off relics, even though he's seen all the negative things these relics can do. They've literally destroyed his life. Mm -hmm. and cost his father his life and Vesper's father his life he's like but still why shouldn't I give these to the highest bidder it's yeah. like you really don't understand the stakes here yeah, yeah uh, so yeah. he is just the worst no I think so you know and, and I but I think there's also a level of um you know like we, we, when uh going I'm trying to find the See, that's issue, why I wanted well, him well, to have the Jafar treatment. I wanted well, yeah, him to be the yeah, genie at the end. Yeah. But, but trick so him the, into like, oh, you get all this power. And I'm I'm trying to think. So the the issue not where um, not where Tegan actually dies, but when she's mortally wounded. You know, uh, that um, is the end of issue fifteen, I believe. Is it? Is it? No, yeah, Dom no. shoots Vesper in the back. 
No, 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 no. Where, 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 oh, where, where Tegan dies. That's, that's 13. A, that's like, is, is it 12 or 13? Uh, that? She gets shot at the end of 12. Yeah. So, so and they're the burying end, her in 13. Yeah, yeah. So at the, at the end of 12, what do we see there? Like Dom is holding Tegan, you know? Uh, right. Cause, cause we, we, we know that they had a relationship that, that, that the two of them have history. Um, some of it good, probably most of it bad, but I think there's a level of, of, when Tegan dies, I think I, I'm not saying that's a, a full breaking point for Dom, but I think there's a level of like it, it, it there's a shared level of grief there now, I guess. Yes. Versus versus, you know, your dad killed my dad, I killed your dad. Or so, you know, sorry, my dad killed your mom, so your dad killed my dad, and then I killed your dad. Now there's a shared loss in Tegan there. Um yeah. that um, is and the, that final that, that's, that's felt like by full all page. Yeah, He's holding yeah. Tegan's yeah. dead body. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. So, uh, but so, yeah. So shared grief, not the strongest motivator. Um, no, no. But, but in I terms think, of building a team, that's technically, I guess, what the Avengers aim to be. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. they're not the pre Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, they're the Avengers. But no, I, I think, but I think when you look at this group, because, you know, the after that, after, after Tekken has actually died there, and there, then there's a sit down with the three of them and Hunter, and 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 Hunter is basically like, "How do you know what's going on here?" You know, <laughs> it's like, like right. basically like, "What have I gotten myself into?" This is just supposed to be a a, a find and retrieval, and, and I think with that group there, um, while while they know on some level they can't trust Dom, it, 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 it's the idea of like, "I know you're going to betray me." And you know you're going to betray me. Ergo, we can trust each other. It's, right. it's that. It's like it's that. It, it's I can trust you not because you're trustworthy, but because we all of us know what your nature is going to be. So thus, we can rely. We can we, we can, can trust count on in you that. to be yourself. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we can count because because that all and the we know that your current need is greater than your yeah yeah, yeah. Your and and wicked desires. Yeah. And so the idea that you say how strong is it? I don't know how strong it is. It doesn't really need to be. And they just know that um, whether he is out for vengeance or justice or whatever, he is willing to be with them because whether he understands it or not, there is that shared grief of the loss of Tegan. And so that is enough to bring the group together um, with the idea that, yeah, this guy will probably betray us at some point. But, you know, it's like, well, he's going to betray us at some point, but if we're aware of it, we can keep an eye out for it. We can we can plan for that when it happens. You know, it's 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 like siding with Loki or something like that. You know, right? You know, every, every time exactly Thor does it this, it, it's, yeah. it's that I know you're going to betray me. You know you're going to do it. Uh, so let's just you know we can work together. That's enough common ground for us to be on the same team for at least a little while, and, and it's enough for Dom to stick around. And yeah, he's still a jerk because he's just a a jerk by nature. But you know, we we see him. You know, as we go through the story here, like he's in the fight. You know. He he's there and and yeah when you referenced it earlier in in what fifteen or sixteen there when they're having all the visions and everyone's basically reliving like the worst moments of their life you know we we see him a he comes to Vesper's rescue there and then but we see him also we see what what kind of trauma and fear he's living with as well so you know in in a lot of ways we see that it's humanizing our villain or again he's not a villain at this point he's just. Uh, He's not even an, he's not even an antagonist at this point anymore anymore yeah. because he, 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 he's he's not part of the team he's just the he's just the jerk that's on the team now but we see a, a more human side to him uh he gets a little more relatable I guess and you know yeah he he 
has a chance to make the big sacrifice, you know, you know, right in the moment, I guess that he, he's already dying. So he, he's made like a fatalist move of like, if I do nothing, I die. Uh, if I try to blow this thing up and kill myself, I still die, but I might take it with me, you know? So there's, there's, there's kind of an inevitability to it, but you know, we, yeah. we, we get to see a little more to him. Yeah. He, he still seems like the, in Deadpool two, the, the X-Force team that he slaps together, uh, he seems like a guy who would have walked in for that. And it's like, yeah, oh, you got yeah. on the team because, you know, we have open spots and you're here. Yeah, yeah. Like, we already here. know you. We're not going to introduce another yeah, cast member. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, but they also, they do understand he has use and value. Like he can fight. He's good enough. You know, he right. can shoot. He is determined. He has some level of knowledge with some of these artifacts because he's been hunting them too. Yes. And so the, I mean, it's he not like he has no skills. Yes. Two murder attempts from yeah, Agnes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he did. He did lead his own gang, which presumably successfully evaded authorities. Although, again, we 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 have other questions about the viability of uh, of law enforcement out in in the West at this time. But yeah, he, it's not like he's on. He has skills that are useful, um, while may not while not necessarily having a personality that's compatible. You know, a demeanor right. that's compatible. But he does. He is useful in what they're going to try to do, and it's it's like they're they're counting on that. You know, and ultimately, you're he, fighting like Keegan. Yeah, becomes the most useful version of themselves. Yes, and then dies. In an, yeah, but and, but he he reaches that when working with and in the company of Tegan and uh, sorry, of a uh, of Vesper and Cork. You know, right? Being on being on this quest on this journey, uh, uh, is is what allows them to yeah be the best version or or at least not the worst version of themselves. Right. Um. Yeah, and then you know basically the wrap up. You have dead. Uh, Dom's dead. Tegan's mm-hmm. dead. Vesper and Cork are now uh, permanent possessions of this ring. The ring, yeah. Uh, and and Hunter did destroy the book, so there's like no way to undo this now, right? I, that I, they are one, permanently one would, in this state. Yeah, one would think, yeah, unless there's like a second copy of the book somewhere. Um, it's in comics. There's always, yeah. You know, there's yeah. always more super soldier serum. There's always yeah. more. There's there's uh, o- yes, yeah. There's always another version somewhere. But yeah, from what we can see as of now. Yeah, we have we have them the 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 it, but they just seem the two of them happy in that state together as yes. opposed to how miserable Cork was. Yes, yeah, and how much longing and search for meaning was dominating Vesper's life. So, yeah. kind of a best case scenario, even though it's not the classic happy ending. Yes, yeah, uh, and they then I was very thrown after. off by the jump to the great 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 grandson of well, Hunter. Well, so- so before we get to there, I, I want to get to the end of of sixteen. There, when we get this moment, and it's like, oh wow, because now we get the we get it the did gold look like glow. a Thanos attack. Well, we, oh. we, we 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 get the gold after the end, and and they've won, and they're all good, and and they've set they've set Korok's brother free, and and we see both Vesper and Korok, the white hair, the 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 the, the gold glow on the eyes and the face. And then this beautiful, loving moment, you know, and it says, we're in this together. Then they hug and then poof. And then we, we cut back to Hunter and he has the ring and he's like, whoops. And it, go, and it goes back to the idea of when do these people come out of the or out of the the enchanted object, you know? Right. Does and he we, have to throw himself off a cliff? Yeah. Well, and, and we see that later. I see he 
he he buries Dom. He goes back to Vesper's aunt. Um, you know, uh, and, and then he uh, he's like, well, I I got to try this here, right? How do I get them back out of the out of the ring of him? Yeah, trying to get out of falls out the cliff. He he he. We assume again there are two hands that reach out for him that they save him, and then there's a jump, and now we're thinking like, okay, um, you know, how long how long does he how long has this been going on? How often do they come out? Um, he obviously refers to them, you know, keep them safe and they'll keep you safe. He's got this a idea with them. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a relationship with them. You know, the, the 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 book is still there. It is still there. I did remember the uh Vesper's aunt wanted him to destroy the book. He made the fire. He didn't destroy it. It oh, looks right. like that's that's the book that, that he goes to his his It's very great, much uh it great, the great Lord of the Rings flashback, right? Where He's yeah, yeah, got the yeah. ring over the pit, and he says, yeah. "No, no, exactly, away. yeah, yeah, yeah." But then this idea of so yeah, it, it comes to of how often in the life here has a uh, has 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 they appeared, and and I guess we see that wall of pictures, and uh, I'm looking up here, this wall of pictures, and then hey, so real quick here, um, on the I was last, trying to figure out the earliest that could be. I well, was I'm like, seeing, okay, well, there's a oh, commercial plane in the air. Well, I've seen the, the 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 last picture here when when the great grandson is looking at the the old timey photograph, and there's a wall of photographs, and in the upper right there, there looks like an early automobile. Is that from the? That is, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So there's that there, and You're then driving we, we, me crazy. Yeah, well, then we see some pictures of these white haired people there. There's Corrick sitting in front of a television with some kids there. There's looks like both Corrick and Vesper in front of a fairly a modern modernist, house, yeah. modernist looking house, yeah. Uh, on the far left, there it looks like one of the photographs is one of one of this guy's ancestors or, or old people in maybe some sort of military uniform, maybe like a World War II uniform kind of thing. And then we get into some color photographs and all of that. It's um, a clutch ring for making it through the World Wars. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but if if you have if you have these two magical beings on your side, um, who's taking that from you? You know. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I. What we learn, which I is my last note that I have here that I haven't addressed, is uh, when Dom is in possession of Korik, and he says, "The protection I offer works better if you're not wielding a gun." Um, yeah. And I was like, "Was well, that actually part of the magic, or is that just logic?" It's like if you're not starting fights, I can protect you better, or uh, is yeah, it I, like, "Oh, that's I protect the defenseless, not someone who's being an aggressor." I didn't think about that. I thought about it in the way of, um, yeah, it, it's 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 easier to protect someone uh, who's not out there just starting stuff, you know? Right. So that, that was so, my initial read, and then or, I was or, like, or, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. No, maybe maybe better better description of I'm I better serve protecting people who aren't yeah who aren't antagonized. If you have a gun, the especially in that world, the idea is you are looking for a fight. You're looking to start a fight. Right. So yeah, I protect someone who is. Who is being assailed versus someone doing the like doing the assailant, you know? And that's obviously who Dom is. Um, that's how I read that. So yeah, how would that work in in wartime? Uh, if you are a soldier on the front, that's where you hacksaw rigid. You become a conscientious objector. Yeah, take your ring yeah, into yeah. battle. Yeah, and say yeah. I'm a totally defenseless person on this battlefield. Yeah, just yeah. trying to get people to the medical tent. Or, or does that, that again come to the idea of uh, these two having a conscious being like? understand because they're living in an era where war existed you know they're they're right. not 
you know, Vesper would not be unfamiliar with the idea of war. And so would neither would Korok in his Korok 600 some odd years. Yeah. So yeah, many he's, wars. He's, he's seen, yeah, plenty of wars. So the idea of a, of a just war, you know, if you're there, you know, and, 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 you 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 lay out what the sides are in World War One or World War Two or whatever it is. Be like, listen, here's where we are. Um, like, are are you down with our side? You know, can they make a choice and be like, yes, we will protect you because by protecting you, we are protecting this larger ideal of the side. Again, scare quotes. What we're fighting yeah, on. Everything it, we learned about Cork seems to say that would be the case, and that he'd be the, that'd be the case now. That maybe, especially after his encounter with Vesper, that 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 has given him some sort of more fulfilling life as a being, be it a human or a magical powered ghost or whatever, that that's unlocked something to where he has, he seems to have more of a conscience now and, 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 and more of a connection to human humanity, I guess, because he forged a connection with someone again after so many years. So I got to imagine the two of them together, if you're wielding that ring in, you know, 1945 Europe, um, there's some level of discussion going on of like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what here's what the sides are. Yeah, I know we're not perfect over here, but here's what we're fighting against. You got to think that they're they'd be willing to jump in on that, right? I would think so, especially yeah. since they have nothing to lose. Yeah, like the yeah. only thing they could lose is the person they care about and are protecting. Yeah, and they're just you know part of their protecting might be saying, why don't you try to get a job in navigation? Uh, why, why don't you enlist so you can pick your role before you get drafted um uh, which like that is actually the logic of cork cork is like if i can guide you to better decisions you will be safer yeah. because i won't have to do as much protecting that is true that is true. and yeah he's yeah. not a balloon you know he's not an immortal bubble yeah. that protects her it's just like having a really good hired gun at your side yeah, yeah. um and that can't yeah, get you out of everything but now you've got two hired guns on your side. I still can't get you out of everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are still yeah. things you you wouldn't want to try to do. Like, if I gave you, you know, two people who are good with a gun and said, like, well, you should feel fine robbing this bank now, right? No. Um, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. These two people are going to shoot you. It's like, well, there's a lot of other things that can go wrong. Yeah, but they're uh, magical, immortal, powerful, you know. Key yeah, I mean, stuff. he can like force push too. Like, it's not just although, him. although, if we were to get real about the specific, the specifics of this book, um, Hunter's descendants are going to be black. They're going to be people of color, um, right? Which means they're not getting danger. Yeah, yeah all the, the, the time, the, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they're not they're not getting a job. You know, they're not getting to pick their positions if the if they if, if they enlist somewhere in in the war in in in, in the in the army or whatever it is. They're they're not they're not and depending being on where he lives. It it, yeah. it may be equal chances of having, of, of you know, being in life threatening trouble. Yeah, yeah, going no, to war or not. Yeah. So, which is, I mean, that 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 doesn't feel unintentional to me. You know, the idea of like, hey, uh, we'll give this kid. Although, I, as we get down to the back there, you know, it, it looks like that. You know, by the time his great grandson is born, there, you know, he he's 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 a little more mixed race. But again, the idea that. A black man through it is still a violent country for yeah, yeah for um, people of color yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so no in, in the army he, he wouldn't have had that choice so he probably would have been on the front line so you have you have cork and vesper you have these two immensely powerful magical beings um probably would have been all right um surviving the war i think if you have the two of them there yeah the i just there. think it's, it's kind of like 
all the Deathly Hallows rolled into one, and it's like you can use it for protection of yourself, yep. you can use it for protection of others, or you could try to wield it as a weapon, but yeah. it's going to backfire on you if you do it that way. But yeah, well, uh, again, it's, it, it, it's not like they're choosing to be at war. They're they're going they're, they're, no, they're going no. to and war. This is such an absurd hypothetical. It really <laughs> is. It really it really is. But again, I think it comes down to the idea we talked about last last uh, last week about. Like how much agency do these characters have? Did did Korak have? Because it was only only the one of him at the time, and, and I I have to imagine now, because he has Vesper, and and at that point now it's been, what he was six hundred years by himself, and then it's been, what, um, a hundred some odd years, hundred and fifty years maybe at most, right? To yeah. to to the, to I, the I would guess I, I, assume, I assume that's that's modern day when when you know when it was being written there. You know, great grandfather, right? It was just just one great, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, if you have kids when you're 18 versus 40, which was more common, and did Hunter? But did Hunter already have children at that point when There's he no went out for know. that bounty? There's no way to know. But if we we you know, so let, let, let let's say let's say 150 years. So yeah. so you know, we'll call it great. Been, yeah, I, I I I think that's what it said. I think, I think it was just one great. Uh, that was what the um. What the lady there said when 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 she gave the boy the box, I think it was just great grandfather. But you know, so 150 years they've been protecting the same family, knowing that it's 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 Hunter's family, you know. So so it's been passed down that far in this one family. Um, you know, you got to think that there's uh, more a, a higher level, a greater level level of agency in terms of how they interact with these people because they're not strangers. They don't consider them strangers because I'm going to assume that these are people that they have been watching over their entire lives, you know, right. from whether or not Hunter had family when he, when he got the two of them in the ring or, or started one after the fact they have been with them the entire time. And so their relationship to their bonds or their duty, you know, being, being tethered to this ring, this, 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 this object here, um, I, I would think their relationship to that is different than what Corix was for the first 600 years of his life, being yes. passed around, whatever it is, that the two of them are together in, in, in a thing that they chose, and, and they're protecting the family and the legacy of of a man that meant something to them both personally. You know? Yeah, and I, and, and I think this is much more like, it's being treated much more like the Cloak of Invisibility than the Elder One. Yeah, that, yeah, which that, that's Mork's, a good, yeah. Korok's history was Elder One. It was a bloody trail. Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah. his guys keep getting killed, you know, because they keep acting stupidly and sticking their heads up because they've yeah. got the protection. Yeah. The idea of thinking I'm I'm invulnerable, I'm invincible, invulnerable because I have this magic protector. Yeah. And then and then now that it's being passed down through multiple generations um in this one family, can it just it ties them. I don't think they I would imagine they wouldn't feel like it's a burden to be tied to Hunter's family, to be keep to keep no, doing this, to so. watch out for them because of that connection. Because it's it's a personal, it's meaningful to the two of them when they were really when they were both human. Because obviously, at the time Korik meets Hunter, he is human. He doesn't have his powers, you know, right? Or at least that that that, that transition happens when they encounter encounter Hunter. So the 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 idea that that it means more to them that it, it's almost like. They're not bound to the ring, not to. And steal it sounds too much a from, lot like yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, not 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 to, not to to borrow too heavily from Tolkien, but they're not they don't feel bound they don't feel duty bound to the ring. They feel duty bound to hunters and his family. You know? Yes. And and that's what matters to them. And and it's like that they can accept and understand and and be comfortable with that we are passing down and we are guarding his legacy. And it's not about oh gee, we're stuck to whoever has this ring. The idea that whoever has this ring and and that's what that note is, you know, take care of them and they'll take care of you or whatever it is. Keep them safe and they'll keep you safe. Um, that's the legacy of 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 Hunter being passed down to generations. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a that's a different kind of ending, as we talked about way back at the beginning of this, different kind of ending than I would have expected. Yeah. And I lo- I totally I mean, it endeared me to the book that much more. Yeah. That it was like, OK, we're doing kind of a fun tropey thing with a spin on it. And then we also put a spin on the ending to the point where it's like, you you know, you didn't follow the protector trope. You didn't follow all the Western trope per se. Yeah. And you didn't follow the Disney ending. Yeah. You actually did invent something very original here. Mm-hmm. At um, least something different. And I, I like that it was done that way. And we got there without it being major twist. Like, Right. No, there it was, wasn't there were shattering twists, but there I was steps surprised. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. But there there were steps to where you could see there was logical progression there that um and, and that's again even with the time jump there, because we don't need to see we don't need to see Corrick and Vesper reach out and save Hunter from the cliff to know what's happening there. You know? Right. You know, that that that's a nice uh, you know, we don't want we don't want to cut the camera back to them to beat it overhead of our audience. But there is there's there's enough of a trail of the characters and the story there that yeah it's it's a surprising ending because it's different but it isn't like it isn't a gotcha ending like hey look what i did i did something different and cool uh it isn't a twist uh you get there and there, there's a natural progression that feels like it makes sense and at the same time it feels like a an ending that you weren't expecting right yeah, yeah. I, 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 there's nothing more to say about it aside from I'm super excited to pick the brain of Kaylin Smith. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, we're pretty much recording this series in order, which was not something we always do on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's but we did one and two, now three and four. Now we'll talk to Kaylin Smith. Yeah. Uh, so she can correct, you know, things that we've been wrong in our thinking or for misguessing influences. Yeah. Uh, but really, just so many questions about the decision-making that went into this book and the craft and the storytelling. And and if we find out we're wrong about something, we will a hundred percent go back and clip the, the recordings. uh, It will be scrubbed from the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So so they say it is impossible, but it will, you won't, you won't even know if you're listening to this, you won't even know if we got anything wrong because we're going to clip that stuff out before it has a chance to publish. But no, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm, I'm super, super curious about, uh, you know, her influences, um, both in storytelling and in and in art style and everything like that, I want to know what goes into what went into this specifically and and kind of how she got to to telling this story. Um, because it's 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 super fun and I said I, I like that it, you know, it it subverts expectation enough to where yes, everything still feels familiar. Like I said, all the character archetypes are there, all the uh, a whole lot of the trope. I mean, the only Western trope I think they were missing is that we didn't get a big train heist, like an actual train heist. Oh, yeah. That's that's probably the one, that's the one Western trope we didn't get. Um, but 
character archetypes I think were all there. Um, and, and so I, I, there's a very traditional sense of, of the vibe of the story, but it's like so many things go in directions that are unexpected at the start, but they definitely don't feel unearned. When you get there, everything makes sense that you understand why characters make the choices they did, whether or not you agree with them is a different story, but nothing comes out of the blue. You know, nothing yeah. is left. Nothing. The only character that has no real explanation or finale or anything is is the aunt character. We don't really know her motivation other than this girl's my family. I want to keep her safe. But every story has that, right? It, like, it does. It does. At, at some point, you're so far away from the central characters that it's yeah. just like yeah. people are going to be bored to tears if we go into this. But character. with our central group, which in you know included in in some order and some combination, you have Vesper, Coric, Tegan. Magnus will include her father in there, Dominic and Hunter. You know, the, those yeah. those those six right there in some combination. Um, you understand all those characters by the end, by the end of the book. Um, you 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 understand their motivations uh and the decisions they make towards, you know, I, I guess the, their ultimate ends. You know, we see we see three of them die, we see two of them become immortal magical beings, and we see the the legacy of, of the last one in, in Hunter there, you know, everyone makes sense um, in that core group. And, and I think that's just, that's smart storytelling. And what we're talking about here, you know, the it's, 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 it's 17 issues um, that was originally published on the web, uh, not initially, initially in print format, but you know, it's, it's smart and efficient storytelling. And, and um, um, yeah. I look forward to, to, to talking to Kaylin about that and, 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 and diving deeper into to her process. Yeah. So uh, if, now that you've finished listening, feel free to give it a reread. Again, plumecomic.com, the easiest, most accessible book we've ever covered. If you can get your hands on it, grab the Omnibus. It's a beautiful, beautiful edition. Uh, and includes some bonus stories that I referenced here. And really, if you're a completionist, and most of us comic readers are, that's something you're going to want to get your hands on. Uh, and then check your local cons. She does uh, a reasonable size circuit traveling, but we'll ask her about that uh, in our upcoming interview. So thank you for listening. Please like and share with a friend, and tune in next week for our exclusive interview with Caitlin Smith. Peace.